0: Uh oh, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, I welcome you back to the new podcast, Fourth and in Inches, for our second episode. I'm your host, Brant Rocky. Uh, it's just me here again today. Hopefully, in the next few episodes, I'll have a couple co-hosts by my side. I've had a few messages about people wanting to help me out with co-hosting, and uh, that I'm sure these people can add to the entertainment here. So anyway, let's just go ahead and jump right into it. I'm going to talk about two things today. I'm going to talk about the big news of the Jacksonville Jaguars hiring uh, former Florida Gators and Ohio State Buckeyes head coach Urban Meyer as their head coach. And I'm also going to give you my predictions for the playoff games coming up this weekend. So first we're going to talk about the Jacksonville Jaguars hiring Urban Meyer. And for the Jaguars, this wasn't a bad idea. Picking up probably one of the greatest college football coaches of my generation. Probably in the past 20 years, 20, 30 years. He's probably one of the best college football coaches,
1: honestly, of all time. But the hard part to me is it's always risky getting
0: a college football coach to come to the NFL. Because you never know how they're going to pan out. Look at uh, Nick Saban, probably the greatest call, probably the greatest college football coach of all time. He didn't pan out with the Miami Dolphins. It's hard transitioning from college to the NFL because it's two very different attitudes you have to have when you coach. In the NFL, you're a man coaching a man. The players are men, and you're a man coaching them. In college, you're still coaching young men, boys, if you will. Just You're still co- coaching that younger generation. You can still kind of tell them what to do. You can tell them, hey, be quiet during that. You can have more of an iron fist on them, but not in the NFL. The NFL is trickier because, like I said, You're paying grown men that are getting paid to play. That's why I think the NFL is also less interesting. It's because they're getting paid to play. Of course, they probably are in college too. But in the NFL, they're getting paid. And you can just tell that they don't have the motor and the motivation to go like these college kids do. Because the college kids are fighting for something. But in the NFL, they're not. But it's just a harder transit. It's a hard transition from being a college coach to an NFL coach. And honestly, the Jaguars are a great landing spot for Urban Meyer, or maybe they are, because he likes having to rebuild programs and take him back to the glory days and take him back to the top. Even though in Jacksonville's case, I don't think there ever have really been glory days. And the thing about Jacksonville is. They're going to draft Trevor Lawrence with the first overall pick. Jaguars were 1-15 this year, so obviously they were awarded the number one pick overall in the draft, and they're going to draft Trevor Lawrence, most likely.
1: Problem is, I don't think
0: a good quarterback is going to be able to fix that whole situation. Honestly, I think Gardner Minshew is already a pretty good quarterback for them at the moment that they're in right now. Where they are right now, I think Gardner Minshew would not be a bad guy to have at your quarterback position. If you're
1: going to bring in Trevor Lawrence, it would be a huge mistake to start him right away. I'd sit him out for a year, let him learn under Gardner Minshew a little bit. The thing about that is, though,
0: is that Gardner Minshew is only a, will only be a third-year player next year. But I think he's already, I think he's pretty good. I don't think that the Jaguars are that desperate in the quarterback department. They're desperate in other positions. What kind of wide receivers they have? Their leading wide receiver last year was DJ Chark Jr. He had 53, 53 receptions for seven hundred six yards and five touchdowns. And that was in 13 games
1: played. So, they don't. They didn't have a thousand-yard receiver last year.
0: So maybe get some receivers. Not the first overall pick, but their defense is also suffering. Their defense gave up twenty-eight points per game on average to their opponents. Twenty-eight points per game. Gardner Minshew last year was in nine games played. Was two hundred sixteen for three twenty-seven. Completion percentage of 66.1%. 2,259 yards passing. Averaged out to be about 268 yards a game. 16 touchdowns to 5 interceptions. And a QBR of 95.9. That's a heck of a year if you ask me.
1: That's a pretty good year. So why not build off of Gardner Minshew? In an offensive lineman, the, oh, the tackle from Oregon. I have read
0: article after article about this tackle from Oregon. And he is supposed to be the next big thing. He is supposed to be a generational kind of tackle. Why not draft him? Change your whole offensive line around. At least... Have something to build off of. Your offensive line is one of the most important things in football. If not the most important thing in football, because that's where it starts, is in the trenches at your offensive line and your defensive
1: line. If you don't have that, then you really don't have much. The Jaguars have a pretty good running back in James Robinson. He got him uh, on
0: 240 carries, Got got the Jacksonville Jaguars 1,070 yards and seven touchdowns. Receiving-wise, he had 49 receptions for 349 yards and two more touchdowns. So had over 1,400 yards overall on offense from scrimmage and nine touchdowns. So you have a pretty good running
1: back. You have a pretty good quarterback. So now it's time to build up on
0: that offensive line. Build up on the offensive line. And even look at the defense. The defense, like I said, is giving up 28 points per game. If you're giving up 28 points per game at any level, you're going to lose football games. And a lot of them. I don't know necessarily, like I said, if Urban wants the greatest fix for this job. And maybe fit for this job. And uh, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he'll go out there and he'll transform them and Two years, two, three years.
1: But if he doesn't transform them fast, who knows what what they'll do. They
0: might get rid of him. Because that's pretty much the mentality that is with football nowadays. It's so, a what have you done for me lately kind of mentality. And that's a good thing, and it's a bad thing. It's a good thing because there's some people that don't deserve to have a job as long as they do. Marvin Lewis, for example, from the Cincinnati Bengals. He did not deserve to have the job for as long as he did.
1: But they kept him there. The left tackle I was talking about is Penae Sewell. Left tackle for Morgan. He's supposed to be a generational kind of athlete at the tackle position,
0: why not pick him up? He's going to be a top five pick. I think that'd be a great pickup for, pick for him. I just don't think that they necessarily need Trevor. Because this is what they're going to do. They're going to pick up Trevor Lawrence, and I think they're going to throw him in the fire right away, and they're going to ruin him, like the Cleveland Browns have done with several quarterbacks. Johnny Menzel, Brady Quinn. the list goes on and on with the Browns. Those are just a couple off the top of my head, Johnny Manziel and Brady Quinn. Brady Quinn came out of Notre Dame was supposed to be a phenomenal quarterback, one of the he was had a great arm, one of the probably the best quarterback Notre Dame has ever seen. And he didn't pan out with the Cleveland Browns. Because the Cleveland Browns were dysfunctional for many years. And I just think I just don't think. I think the Jaguars very well could be the new Cleveland Browns. That's where they are. That's where they are now. Is that they are so down. They were just in the playoffs making a run about four years ago. And they somehow screwed everything up. It's just a shame. And I think that Erb Meyer, I don't think he's going to fix the situation. Because I don't think he's going to transition very well over to the NFL. And I could be dead wrong. But see what he's done at Ohio State and Florida. He usually can fix the team, but in the end, leaves it in disarray. So, most of the time, you're better off without Urban. He always has left a program with a scandal. last two places he was at, he left with scandals. Florida. When he left Florida, they were suffering with some recruiting scandals. And when he left Ohio State, they held the whole scandal with Zach Smith about how Zach Smith was beating his wife and Urban knew about it. I just, and I'm also shocked that Urban Meyer came out of retirement to coach the Jacksonville Jaguars. I guarantee that man was flooded with every job offer that was open in college football and the NFL, and he chose the Jacksonville Jaguars. Jacksonville to all the fans out there that are Jacksonville fans, don't be shocked when in three or four years, four or five years, maybe you might get five years out of room six, man, if you're lucky. Don't be shocked. When Urban starts having those headaches again and he decides to leave, or his heart starts acting up and he just says he can't do it anymore. And chances are, when he leaves, the team isn't going to be in the same, isn't going to be in the greatest of shape. I think that coaching in the NFL and college is so different. And I don't think Urban's going to be the first one to figure it out and get in there and win a Super Bowl. All right. Moving on. I'm gonna give you my predictions for this week's divisional round of playoff games in the NFL. First game up it's gonna be tomorrow at four thirty five, the Rams versus Packers. The spread here is Green Bay minus six and a half. And I think not only does Green Bay win, they cover by a lot. They will cover that six and a half spread by a lot. I think I see Green Bay winning this game by two scores. I have not been sold on the Rams whatsoever. The Rams have been kind of limping through. They've been limping through this entire season, somehow finding a way to win games. And they could find a way to win one tomorrow. But the way Green Bay's been playing, the way Aaron Rodgers
1: has been playing,
0: Aaron Rodgers should walk through the, N- the NFC. Aaron Rodgers has is going to win the MVP. There's no ands, ors, or buts about it. Doesn't win the MVP. There's something wrong with the award. Aaron Rodgers has went 372 for 526, completion percentage of 70.7, percent 4,299 yards, 48 touchdowns to five interceptions, and a QBR of 121.5. That's phenomenal. It doesn't get much better than that. That is one of the best stat lines I've. That's one of the best seasons by a quarterback of all time. I think Green Bay runs away with this game and sign close. You gotta also think Aaron Jones There's just so many this offense is ridiculous. This Green Bay offense is ridiculous.
1: You have Aaron
0: Jones, who this year rushed for two hundred had rushed two hundred and one times in fourteen games for one thousand one hundred and four yards and nine touchdowns. Receiving-wise, he, in 14 games, he had 47 receptions for 355 yards and two touchdowns. So the man has 11 touchdowns and over 1,400 yards from scrimmage. That's phenomenal. That's amazing. He had zero fumbles lost this year, too. So didn't turn over the ball. 11 touchdowns and no turnovers. That's a fantastic year. Then you have Devontae Adams, that receiver, who's just incredible. Probably the best. He is the best receiver in the game right now. The best receiver in the game. 115 receptions for 1,374 yards, 18 touchdowns. Doesn't get much better than that. That is phenomenal. That really is. That is something phenomenal. And the Rams side, Jared Goff. on the Rams, Jared Goff is just average. He is just average. Like, that's, a, that's the best thing you can say about Jared Goff, is that he is just an average quarterback. If I'm the Rams, I am considering moving on from Jared Goff. Because I do think, I think they're close. But I don't think they're that close. I think they kind of limped through the season this year. They're kind of just getting through it. The only thing that the Rams have that's better than everybody else is Aaron Donald, and he is the best interior lineman maybe of all time. That's how good Aaron Donald is. He's an absolute beast. So anyway, like I said, Packers win this one. They cover the spread of 6.5 by a lot. So if you're trying to bet on that game, you take the Packers. And I say that. Emphatically, take the Packers. Moving on to the Ravens and Bills. This is kind of a close one for me. Buffalo here is favored, minus three. It's in Buffalo. And for that, I am going to give the Bills win. The Ravens have, where they were at one point this season where that rushing game wasn't, that rushing attack wasn't looking like how it was last year. They had flipped the script to where they were last year. One last, uh, about I think it was two weeks ago, ran for over 400 yards in a game. I think the Ravens have finally figured out what they've been looking for all year, but I still don't think it's enough. Don't think it's enough. Maybe they can do it next year, but Lamar, Lamar I don't see as being quarterback that's going to win you three or four Super Bowls. He might get you to one. He might win you one, but he's not going to win you more than that. He's just not that kind. He can't, if you can stop that rushing attack, which is hard to do, if you can stop that rushing attack though, and keep him in the pocket and make him throw balls in the pocket consistently all game, you've beaten the Ravens. Now moving to the Bills. Josh Allen has had a phenomenal year. And that's why I think the Bills win this game. And I think they cover the spread of minus three. But I do think it's gonna be a close game. It's at eight fifteen tomorrow on NBC, and I think it's gonna be a close game, but I do believe the Bills pull it out. Josh Allen this year has been phenomenal. He has. He has been a different kind of animal. He is 396 for 572, completion percentage of 69.2%, 4,544 yards, 37 touchdowns and 10 interceptions and a QBR of 107.2. That's phenomenal. He deserves all the credit in the world for what he's done. And then with his legs this year, Josh Allen has 102 attempts for 421 yards and eight touchdowns. So he has 45 touchdowns on the year. He has uh, turnover the ball four times when he's rushing. Fumbled the ball four times. So he has 45 touchdowns, 14 turnovers. That's a really good stat line right there. That's a very good touchdown to turnover ratio. I think Josh Allen... Is gonna it has the capability of being an MVP quarterback because he has a huge arm on him, he has an NFL arm, he can he's very mobile, more mobile than the average quarterback. And I just think he is a very good player. The thing about the bills, though, is that I think is keeping the bills from being pushed over the edge is their rushing attack. Devin Singletary was their leading rusher this year. He had 156 attempts for 687 yards and two touchdowns. And in today's age in uh, NFL, as much as you – how the NFL has turned the tide to where you need to be able to throw the ball to be able to be competitive and win football games, I think you also have to have a good rushing attack along with that. See, that's the problem with the Titans. The Titans have the opposite situation of the Bills. They have a great rushing attack greatest throwing attack. Derrick Henry rushed for over 2,000 yards this year, and that's phenomenal. Three other humans have ever done that. So yes, I think what the Bills are missing to put them over the edge, they need a running back. And they need it fast. Next up, we're going to talk about The Buccaneers and the Saints, and that's going to be on Sunday night at 640. New Orleans is favored by three in that game. It's minus three New Orleans. That's a tough one there because early in the season, New Orleans and Tampa Bay played. and As New Orleans did dominate, Tampa Bay, I think, has just recently figured out what they are offensively. They have finally figured out what they can and can't do, and at the age of 43, Tom Brady is still one of the greatest quarterbacks in the NFL, and people have been talking about his downfall all year, but when you look at his stats, it's undeniable that he is still a top five quarterback in the NFL. 423 for 650, 5,014 passing yards, 42 touchdowns to 12 interceptions, and a QBR of
1: 102.3.
0: At 43 years of age, Tom Brady has put up those kind of numbers. That's That will probably be something we never see again, as a 43-year-old man doing that kind of stuff, unless it's Drew Brees. That's the only way we'll see that again. And in my opinion, Drew Brees is gone after this year. I think Drew Brees, if you would have told me, if Drew Brees wouldn't have gotten hurt, I could see him coming back. But after suffering, I believe it was 11 fractured ribs and a punctured lung, I think he's gone after that. I think the injury kind of probably will put him in focus and realize that he's... He can't be handling that kind of stuff anymore. Drew Brees still has the talent to play in the NFL. Don't get me wrong there. He definitely has the talent to play. But I think it's just time for him to hang it up. He, if he could win another... another, If he were to stay a couple more years and if he were to win a couple more Super Bowls, he'd have a real argument of being the greatest of all time. He statistically... He is the greatest of all time, statistically.
1: His stats are matched by no one. He has had five years where he's thrown for over 5,000 passing yards. Five years. He did it three consecutive years once. Three consecutive
0: years from 2011 to 2013. He threw for 5,000 yards three years in a row.
1: He's impressive. His stats are just
0: something something else. He is a great quarterback. One of the greatest of all time. And I think he will retire after this year. And I think it's kind of sad to see. Because you're starting to see that new age come in. The new age of quarterbacks. And it's sad to see Drew Brees go, but it's – also, I think it's just best for him to get out while he can. He is, this year, he wasn't really – his stats were good. 303, 303 attempts for 429 – or 303 completions for 400, out of 429 attempts, uh, completion percentage of 70.6, 3,270 yards, 26 touchdowns, six interceptions, and a QBR of 106.5. That's very, very good. But he's showing signs of him not, not being there, not being old Drew Brees. It wasn't a lot, but there were times where you're like, oh, he missed wide open guy. Do things that are uncharacteristic of Drew Brees to do. And I just think it's time for him to go out before he has to go out like Paint Manning did, where he's just limping along, not not even that not really good anymore. Paint Manning stayed for probably a season too long. That last season was pathetic. Anyway, I do believe I have New Orleans winning this game.
1: It's going to be close, though.
0: I would not be surprised at all. I will say that New Orleans wins, but I'm not going to say they're going to cover. Lines minus three, and I know if they win, they'll probably win by more than minus three. But I also, that's how much I think it's how close it is. I do not pick, I would not pick New Orleans to cover. That game is definitely, I think, a 50-50 shot there because with the way the Buccaneers have been playing, I think they're hot, and I think they have the capability of coming out there and dominating, but I also think the Saints have the same. So it's just a toss-up there for me. Now for what is my game that I am most excited about tomorrow, and that is the Cleveland Browns versus the Kansas City Chiefs. The line on this game is Kansas City. Minus 10. Now, I'm going to say this emphatically. For everybody that's playing on betting this game, Kansas City will not cover that spread. Minus 10 is not something they will do. I believe, this is my bold prediction out of all these games, the Cleveland Browns are going to upset the Kansas City Chiefs and go on to the AFC Championship. That's my bold prediction for all these games. Is that The Browns are going to beat the Kansas City Chiefs. I do believe that. I had many questions going into last week when the Browns went into uh, Pittsburgh, and I I honestly believe that Pittsburgh was going to dominate them. I thought – that I was kind of hoping the Browns could show that they had a little something. I just didn't have faith in Baker Mayfield. I didn't think Baker Mayfield had what it took to be a quarterback that could lead his team to the playoffs and win. But he showed me something, especially in the past few games, that he is talented, and I think he's starting to feel more confident. He's going back to that Oklahoma Baker, and Oklahoma Baker is scary. He is scary. He's talented. He's like an arc, almost like an arcade kind of. He just can do everything. He can run a little bit. He can throw on the run. He can just make great throws. He's comfortable. He look. He just. He has swagger to him. He knows he's good, and that's what the Browns have been missing for a long time. Somebody that's proud to be in Cleveland, somebody that wants to be in Cleveland, and somebody that's just has that swagger to him that knows he's good and that he's gonna win. And the Browns are just hot right now. The Browns are on fire this year. Chubb, Hunt, the best one-two punch in the whole NFL. And then you have Baker Mayfield with the cherry on top. Don't forget about the Juice Landry either. They just have a phenomenal... They have a very good team. If there is a team in the NFL that I think can challenge the Kansas City Chiefs, it is the Cleveland Browns. But in my opinion, though, as much as I think Cleveland will win on Sunday night or on Sunday evening, 3-0-5 game, I... Believe that a Kansas City wins this game. I still don't think they'll cover the spread, but if they win this game, there's not a team that's going to stop them. Because I think if I don't, I think it's going to be a close game. I think the Browns are going to give Kansas City a scare, but if Kansas City finds a way to escape this game, they're going to be locked and loaded and concentrated, and it's going to lock them in, and they're just going to be. There's nobody that's going to be able to beat them after that he's a scare, we'll just be like, it'll give them that, oh, crap moment where they're going to be like, okay, we have to get serious now. And if they get locked in, there's nobody that can beat the Kansas City Chiefs. The only team that I think can compete with them are the Packers after that. I don't think anybody else can. I really don't. I don't think anybody can keep up with that scoring attack. I don't think anybody can cover. has the ability to cover – uh, can stop the rushing attack of Aaron, excuse me, can stop Tyreek Hill, stop Travis Kelsey, and stop Patrick Mahomes. Because you have to do, you just have to pick one. You have to put your best corner on Tyreek. Then you just have to hope that everybody else can, somebody else can guard Travis. And then, so you just have to pick one to stop. And if I'm the Browns, or if I'm the Packers, or whoever ends up playing as the Chiefs later on, I'm stopping Tyreek first. But the Browns, I think, had the best chance out of anybody to upset the Chiefs on Sunday night or on Sunday evening. But the Packers, I'm telling you, there's something different this year. I I think Aaron Rodgers is still mad about the whole Jordan Love situation, where the Packers drafted Jordan Love in the second round for or the first round for whatever reason that was. It was first or second one of the, it was one of the first two rounds, for whatever reason that was. They drafted Jordan Love. And I just think that was – and ever since then, Aaron Rodgers has been balling out. He's had a chip on his shoulder. He knows he has something to prove, and he's been proving it all season. And he's going to win an MVP this year. As for the Saints, I just don't think the Saints can – would be able to keep up with the Chiefs. I don't think the Buccaneers can really keep up with the Chiefs. But this is what I'll say about the Packers. This is why I think it's the Packers. The Packers have been very good with time possession all year. They keep the ball for a lot of the game. They keep the ball away from their, from the other team for a lot of the game, and that's why I think they can compete with them because they will keep the ball away from Patrick Mahomes, and that's what you have to do to beat this team. have to keep the ball away from Patty Mahomes and Tyree Kale and Travis Kelsey and that whole team. It's so hard to beat, to just beat that team. But if there is one team that can do it, it would be the Green Bay Packers. This year they have held the ball for 32 minutes of the game. Five minutes longer than their opponents. That's a lot of possession time. Nearly 33 minutes is what they're at. They're pretty close to 33. 32-44 to their opponents 27-16. They are holding the ball for a lot of the game, and they do, they're known for their long drives. I've watched a few of their been watching the Packers a few of their games, and they do they have long drives where they just run with Aaron Jones, throw short passes to Devontae Adams, and they just keep doing things like that, and they just slowly methodically get down the field and they score. The way you beat the Chiefs is you keep the ball out of their hands. That's how you ha- That's the only way you can beat the Chiefs. Well, I think with that, we're going to end this episode today. I appreciate you guys for tuning in. And uh, I'll see you sometime next week. A couple, two new episodes coming out next week and talk about it then. All right. Thank you guys for tuning in.